Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Brave Church Podcast, and thanks for listening. At the end of this talk, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook or Instagram, where you can get even more connected to what's going on in our community. But most importantly, we hope the following talk inspires you to take your next step in finding or following Jesus. All right, what an epic intro, huh? Welcome to Brave. Uh, Man, we are so excited. We're continuing a series we started last week called Spiritual Gains. And that is our hope that 2020 would be a year for all of us to make gains spiritually. Uh, Maybe you're new here and you haven't yet decided whether or not you want to follow Jesus. Maybe you're checking things out. This is still a great series for you to be here because you're going to get an inside look into what Christians believe are some things that will grow our faith. So real quick, before I forget, if you didn't get notes, raise your hand and our ushers will get those to you and you can follow along with the notes. Uh, But hey, uh, last week, Pastor Darren kicked things off with a talk on the most powerful habit which is daily time with God. And we did a challenge to go seven for seven, spending daily time with God. How many of you were in on that? Okay, awesome, awesome. Who went seven for seven? A lot of you. Wow, I went six for seven. I'm just gonna be honest, okay? But you know, the goal's gotta be seven for seven because if it's six out of six, I mean, we gotta set the bar high, right? So if you got like five for seven, but maybe that was like way more than you did ever, you know, that's great. Feel good, okay? We're forming habits, and we believe that wherever we see great spiritual growth, you'll find great habits. Um, We actually need more than more time praying. We need more than more time in God's word, and we actually need more than more time worshiping. Today, we're actually gonna talk about why we need each other, why God designed us to need community to make big spiritual gains in our lives. And so habit number two is cultivating spiritual friendships because we can't do this alone. And so before we continue, let's pray and ask God as he strengthens our community during this season, but also that he would give us a hunger for more of what he wants to do in our lives. Would you bow your heads and join me? Let's pray. God, It is such an honor to be here, to be here with you, to be here with one another. And I pray that you would begin just preparing our hearts, that we would be open to what it is that you wanna do in our lives in this new season. God, I pray that uh, you would speak to us and that we would receive and be even open to the ways that you want to challenge us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, a new study on loneliness found that nearly half of Americans feel lonely especially young people. An additional 56% said that the people they surround themselves with aren't necessarily with them. Approximately 40% said they lack companionship and meaningful relationships. Uh, Research finds that social isolation can have a really negative effect on our health. And this next generation, Gen Z, born in the mid-90s to the early 2000s, is the loneliest generation They're the most lonely. America is living in relational poverty. And not just any relationship will solve this problem. We need friends for more than a good time. Um, You might have heard the quote, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future. Well, there's a lot of truth to that quote. In Proverbs 13, it says, walk with the wise and become wise. So the people that we're closest to 
will influence us whether we like it or not. And for followers of Jesus, we need to be intentional about some of the relationships and some of the people that we spend a lot of time with if we want to grow closer to God. Um, Before I got married, I had a lot of different roommates. And I lived with a lot of different guys. and, And one guy in particular, he was super fit. And the other guy, he loved burritos. In fact, his Instagram handle or social media profile just said, I love burritos. And so when I lived with one of the guys, I got like in the best shape of my life. And when I lived with the other guy, uh, I started looking like I love burritos. And I do love burritos. Who we surround ourselves with has a huge impact. When you're working on a great team, you perform better. When you're surrounded by people who value discipline, you become more disciplined. And when you find a godly husband or a godly wife, you start to become more like Jesus. And that is such a blessing. This also applies to the kind of spiritual community that we commit to. A great church can really help you grow, but we actually still need more than just to belong to a great church. For example, you can join an incredible gym. You can join a gym that has all the amenities, all the great classes, the programs. It could be the most beautiful gym you've ever seen. It might have a pool on the rooftop, okay? But just walking through the doors is not gonna make you more fit, more healthy, or anything, right? Like the other day, I went to the gym. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I went to the gym, and I stretched, and then I thought, I'm just gonna go hit up the sauna. (laughs) And then I left, (laughs) I felt a little better, but I didn't get in better shape that day, right? And tell me you haven't done that. We need more than a great church. We need deep relationships to make spiritual gains. We need intimate relationships with other followers of Jesus who also want to know God and are committed to living for him. So let me ask you something. What do you want out of a friend? What do you want out of a spiritual community? I think we need to set the bar higher. We need friends who don't just say they're going to help out or come, but that they actually show up. We need friends who care enough to ask how we're doing and to thoughtfully listen and meaningfully respond. We need friends who will eliminate that sometime soon, let's get together, but actually throw out a date and a time. We need friends who will speak the truth in love even when it's uncomfortable, and we need friends who we can be fully honest with. We need more depth in our friendships than is normal. How is it that our world is more connected than ever before and and loneliness is at an all-time high? We need a new way to be friends. And so for a lot of people, it's a struggle even to find a true friend, to find a, a great friend where you can have deep and meaningful relationship with. There are plenty of ways to find new friends, There are plenty of places you can find more friends. You can join a run club or sign up for CrossFit or be a regular at a restaurant and you'll make some new friends. But what we need is more than that. What we need is deep and intimate relationships. We are all craving the same thing and that is an intimate connection. Relationships that go below the surface and until we find this, we will never stop feeling alone. In a spiritual context, You need great spirit, and if you want great spiritual results, you need a deep connection with other people. And so I wonder, how many friends do you have in your life right now that help you grow spiritually? Not just fun friends, not just close friends, not just the friend that you've had since middle school. I'm talking about a friendship 
It actually helps you become more like Jesus. God created us for friendship, but not just any kind of friendship. And so some of us in this room, maybe, maybe you know what it's like to feel surrounded by people and still feel alone. I'll remember, I remember a season where I just had to start completely over because I moved away to college. And I grew up in a small town, and I had really close friends that I had known my entire life that I went to kids' church with and, and grew up in church with and went to school with. And, and here I was in, in college, and for the first time, I didn't know anybody. And I remember one night, I was just getting in my feelings, feeling sad, wishing I had more friends, and I'm crying out to God, and it's only week one, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, God, I just need some new friends, like send some people into my life. And almost immediately, God spoke to me, and this thought popped into my head. I knew it was from God, and he said, stop looking for a great friend. Focus on being the kind of friend you want, and you'll have all the friends you need. And so wherever you're at in this room, whether you've got a deep bench of great, meaningful friendships or you're starting over, we all have the same responsibility, the same challenge, and that is to be the kind of friend we'd want. So today we're gonna take inventory of our relationships. We're gonna look at three questions that can help us identify if we have the kind of friendships that we need to surround ourselves with or, or even how we can cultivate those relationships in our lives for 2020, okay? So are you guys ready for this? All right, number one, the first question, can I talk without editing? Can I talk without editing? Um, in Mark 14, right before Jesus begins the final stages of his journey to the cross, look what it says in verse 32. It says, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell on the ground and he prayed that if, the, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but you will. So of Jesus' 12 disciples, we know that he was closest with three of them, Peter, James, and John. And Jesus he knew exactly what he was about to go through on our behalf. He knew the pain and the suffering that lie ahead, and he needed to be ar around some friends that could understand. He needed to be around some friends that could support him. He needed to be around a few close people that he could share how he was feeling with. Jesus, he didn't need those friends that go, come on, Jesus, this is your purpose. Man up, <laughs> right? Right? He, he didn't need the legalist that goes, well, you know, Jesus, you did say there's no greater love than laying your life down for a friend, right? So are you saying you don't want to do that or, right? No, he felt completely overwhelmed. He was completely troubled and he needed to share what he was going through. And then he needed to be able to share with his father, God. See, Jesus, he trusted these guys. You cannot have intimacy without trust. One of the keys to being this kind of friend to one another is really just an understanding of how broken we are. In Romans 3.23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And, and so that means that none of us are perfect. That means that we are all damaged goods, that we all have issues. And often the problem isn't whether or not we know that, it's whether or not we're okay with others knowing that. 
Um, For years, when I was first starting out in ministry, I felt like to be a great leader and to be worth following, that I had to be just a little bit better than everyone else. I had to be just a little bit more right with God than everyone else. And I thought, how could God use me if people knew that I was just as messed up as they were? And the problem with that way of thinking is I ended up lying to others and then in turn lying to myself. And at a certain point, you start to believe those lies. And over the years, God saved me from that hypocrisy. But after that, I started to learn another lesson. And that is that not everyone is going to be okay with me not being perfect. In fact, not everyone is going to be a safe person for me to be vulnerable with. Um, Yet we need this kind of honesty and trust to have depth in our relationships, to speak without editing. Now, we're not going to find this with everyone. And that's okay because neither did Jesus. Jesus actually, it actually says in the Bible that Jesus didn't entrust himself to the multitudes. He didn't take all 12 with him when he was going to go to a different spot in the garden and just really be open. Anytime we're in conversation, what we do is we edit ourselves based on the level of trust because we don't want to be misunderstood or we don't want to offend someone. But when there's grace in a relationship and you really know someone and you know their heart and you know that you understand each other, you can speak without editing. And you don't have to worry about how they're going to hear something or how they're going to translate it to other people. And so one of the most popular verses in the Bible on friendship, Proverbs 27, 17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And we love this idea of challenging and sharpening and making each other better. And I love it. I love this verse. But here's the deal. If we don't understand each other first, we really can't do that. If you jump straight into challenging someone or correcting them, um, it's not helpful if you don't understand their perspective. If we try to be iron sharpening iron without mutual understanding, uh, we're going to lose trust and influence in the relationship. And then we can't build a deep relationship. And on the other hand, the more we have this shared trust and the more we have a shared narrative, the less we have to edit what's going on. Understanding and and a biblical perspective is a really powerful combination for growing together. But only when we have both. Proverbs 27, 6 says, wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. And so the best friendships, they require intentionally building trust to the point where we can say some of the things that need to be said. Um, We've got to go there. And we need people in our lives that we trust enough to where the masks can come down and we can get to the deeper issues of the heart where we can get to the stuff that we really don't want anyone to know about that maybe we're even ashamed about. So number one, can I talk without editing? And number two, do I share my hopes and my hurts? Do I share my hopes and my hurts? Facing the cross, Jesus was hoping that there might be another way. He said, Abba, Father, everything's possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. See, sharing your hopes and your dreams can sometimes feel more dangerous even than sharing your hurts because, you know, if you share your hurt with someone and they don't really care, you just go, oh, well, they're, they're just not very sympathetic or, or they're just not very nice, right? But you share a hope, a deep hope, and someone says, well, that's stupid or laughs it off or, or, or doesn't really, really care. Um, that can be very hurtful. 
Psychologists have found that one of the most intimate things that we can do is share our dreams with one another. And so what are you hoping for? Do your friends know what you're hoping for? Are they joining you in prayer around these hopes? Uh, Some of our hopes aren't easy to share because they're connected to some of our greatest fears. For example, you might hope to be married someday and, and your fear is that you'll end up alone. Or maybe you hope that you'll have uh, this career the way you want it to go or you will accomplish something and your fear is that you never will. Maybe um, you're afraid that raising a family will sidetrack some of the hopes and dreams that you, that you had when you were young that you never thought would be affected the way kids affect everything, right? I hope God heals me, but I'm afraid he won't. I hope I find my purpose, but I'm afraid I'll just keep drifting. Proverbs 18, it says, a a person of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A true friend is closer than a brother. They're, They're spiritual family and they can handle your hopes and they can handle your hurts. And so what are you afraid of? And where do you hurt? My little brother, he's developmentally disabled and At some point, I guess when he was younger, we accidentally left him home alone. And we don't leave him home alone. He doesn't like to be home alone. And so this is like decades later now, right? And he doesn't like to take his shoes off in the house because it takes him a while to get them back on. And he's afraid that he's going to get left behind, right? Decades later. And we never leave him home alone. Some of us are still afraid to take our shoes off. See, maybe you didn't have enough growing up. And now you have more than enough, but you're still afraid of running out. Some of us have been hurt by close friends, and it's still affecting our ability to let people in. Some of us had horrible or absent fathers and mothers, and maybe that's left us struggling to feel worthy of love or that that our voice matters, that it's worth listening to. The wounds of our past won't leave us alone until we find healing. And the good news is we don't have to face them alone. And God loves to show us what he can do with our pain. Which brings us to our last question. Number three, will I confess my mistakes? Will I confess my mistakes? Um, When I was living in Southern California, uh, I met this guy at the church that I was working at. And I was only 21 years old. I had only been a pastor for about a year. And this guy was in his 40s and he used to be a pastor. And so I thought, that's really interesting that he used to be a pastor. Like, as far as pastors goes, this guy's still really young, and he was a really nice guy. And so I just felt drawn to get to know him and his family. And so we started going to lunch, and and I had heard that there was uh, just a bad thing that happened at his church, and he resigned, and I didn't know what it was. And so we're getting to know each other. He's got a lot of wisdom, and I I really like this guy. And so then one day, he opened up to me about how he had had an affair, and how it had destroyed his church, just, just caused so much pain for his family, and really just flipped his life upside down. And so he told me about this, and even at 21 and, and nowhere near getting married, there was this sobering awareness that I didn't want that to be my story. And he didn't seem like someone this could happen to. I mean, it was like shocking to me. And so I wanted to learn, what did he not know that I need to know? And so I asked him questions, and the best lesson I learned was, Uh, from his experience when he shared with me this verse. In James 5.16, it says, So then, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you will be healed. 
the prayer of a good person has a powerful effect. So what he told me is he said, I stopped confessing to my friends. And when you confess to God, you're forgiven. But when you confess to one another, you find healing. So we need more than God's forgiveness. We actually need healing. We, when we confess to each other, we begin a process where we can walk with one another towards healing. This week's challenge is to be vulnerable with someone you trust. Can you confess something deep in your heart to someone that you trust? What if you accepted this challenge? I wonder what it might, might do for your life. I wonder what it might do in a relationship. Maybe there's a load that you're carrying and it's time to let it go. Sometimes the scariest thing is being that friend that takes the first step, that shares something that is really vulnerable or shares something that just takes a lot of courage to admit about yourself. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. See, if Jesus needed friends like this, how much more do we? So this is your challenge, to be intentionally vulnerable with someone that you trust. And maybe you're not sure where to start. Maybe you don't have one friend that you can think of that you could go there with. Maybe you don't have one person that you feel you could trust with some of your hopes and some of your hurts. In a few moments, we're gonna sing a song about running to our Father God. And there's this line in the song I love. It says, my soul needs a friend. We have a friend who will never leave us. And he's the greatest friend there is, and he wants to help us develop deep and meaningful and healing connections with one another. But only if we run to him first, only if we'll have the courage to ask for forgiveness. See, often it's two fears that kind of keep us from confessing the, the sins and the mistakes and the things in our heart. It's often two things. First is a fear of what people will think. And what's interesting is before coming to Jesus, most of us are really open about our mistakes. It's often the longer you've been a Christian and the longer you've been following Jesus that, that this lie starts to come in that, that people expect more from me. People expect me to be better than this. I can't share that. I've, I've already come too far to, to, to go backwards, right? But we've got to keep sharing these things. We've got to stay open. We need close friends that we can share with, that we can confess so that we can heal. And the other fear is a fear of God. This is rooted in an incorrect view of who he is, not knowing how much he loves you, that he's not gonna judge you when you open up, that he's not gonna, he's not gonna condemn you, he's not gonna deny you. He's gonna welcome you with open arms. If you'd bow your heads with me, I wanna pray for, for those of you that don't yet know God. And if you're here today and you're ready to make that decision, you're ready to cross that line of faith, I wanna pray with you. And all I'd like you to do is raise your hand so that I know where you're at in that journey. If you're deciding to follow Jesus today, go ahead and raise your hand. It's awesome. Just agree with this prayer in your heart. God, thank you so much for doing what I could not do for myself. God, thank you so much that you made a way for me to know you, to spend eternity with you. God, thank you for loving me as such a sinful person and not leaving me that way, wanting more for my life. God, today I commit my life to you. I make you Lord of my life. And for those of you here that 
know Jesus, but, but you don't have those people in your life or you haven't been going to those friends and you've been keeping some of the stuff in your heart. You've been keeping it between you and God, but maybe God's saying, hey, but I've put these people in your life for a reason. Take the time, make room and go there. I want, I want more for you. I want you to live in freedom, but you can't, have, you can't have the freedom I desire for you without the healing. So God, I pray as we move into this time of worship that you would just bring to mind relationships, bring to mind things in our heart that need to surface. Search our hearts, God. Search our hearts that we would find the forgiveness and the freedom that we can have in you. In Jesus' name, amen. coming up and then we're going to receive our giving but before we do that real quick if you would like prayer for anything our prayer team is available right over here to your left after every gathering becca will pray with you right becca yeah you just join the prayer team um we would love to pray with you and they're confidential if you just need someone to talk to they would love to be there for you uh, but a couple of things coming up brave group registration started this last thursday who's in a brave group love it not enough okay so Here's the deal. If we keep growing as a church, but we don't grow as a community in brave groups, then we fail. Like, our goal is not to be a big crowd. We want to be in community. We, we, from the very beginning, our vision is that brave groups will be the heartbeat of our church. It's where we live life together. It's where we cultivate these relationships like we talked about today. So I just want to encourage you because groups are filling up. We have more people in groups right now already than we've ever had before. So jump online, find a group near you. Um, let us know if there's not, and we'll see what we can do. Uh, but that is, uh, is huge. And then also... On February 9th, we are launching Brave at Night. And so we're going to be adding, yeah, we're going to be adding a night gathering. And uh, this is great for those of you who love Brave and you also love Tahoe. Because <laughs> now you can come through at night when you get back into town. And also, some of you I know have like school in the morning. Your kids have uh, sports in the morning and all kinds of stuff. So we're starting a night gathering it's going to be at 5 p.m. And we'd love for you to join us for the first one. We're going to have food trucks outside. It's going to be a really good time. And we're just excited because it's a huge opportunity to serve more people who just literally can't come in the morning. So, so there's that. And then our Vision 2020 giving. Um, you guys committed $178,000 towards our Vision initiatives. Yeah. And so I just wanted to update you on that. Those are things that we're doing and that are above our regular giving and we're really excited if you're new and you missed that you can go uh, and see in November where we we laid out the vision for 2020 and what we're giving to uh, but the rest of that will come in over the next few months so let's pray for our giving if you'll bow your heads God thank you that you have given us so much and that we can give back to you and can be generous and we get to partner with what you're doing in our community through your church